Hi, this is Dr. Kathleen Nash, and welcome to 10 Minutes of Total Transformation. In these podcasts, I try to give you real information, the real deal in bite-sized chunks, so that you can start using them today to make a total transformation of your own. So let's hit it! From Digital Insight Recording Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada, and a stone's throw away from the world-famous Strip, this is Transformation Radio, the podcast that explores weight loss, health, and everything Korean. Here is your host, chiropractic physician, Dr. Kathleen Nash. In this episode, episode 24, I have a very special guest in the studio with me, Mr. Sam Barris. He is my business manager, and we're going to be discussing how he was able to recover uh, from a life-threatening heart attack. So let's go ahead and get started. Sam, pleasure to have you in the studio with me today. Thanks, doctor. Glad to be here. Good. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Um, You had what you thought were two heart attacks. Is that right? That's correct. That happened. The first one happened in September of 2004, and I went to the ER, was there for 16 hours, and the doctors misdiagnosed it as an esophageal spasm, which simulated a heart attack. Okay. But they were wrong. But they were wrong. Um, But in and around this time, um, you know, a lot of my clients and a lot of people listening, they don't necessarily know like what you looked like or what your habits were in and around these two events that we're going to talk about. Um, Were you overweight at the time of the first heart attack, the one that was misdiagnosed? The only part of my body that was overweight was my omentum. I was carrying an additional 25 to 30 pounds in the gut. In the gut. But the arms and the legs were relatively thin. Absolutely, because I I was always an avid walker and hiker. Okay. And um, so after the... the, No, before you had the the first scare, tell me a little bit about what your diet was. You already mentioned that you exercised. So you had been an avid exerciser for a long time? That's correct. I would uh, walk or hike 12 to 15 miles a week. And this was during the first heart attack scare? Absolutely. Okay. And then before the scare, what kind of foods were you eating? It was uh, strictly a vegan diet, which I had been on for decades. And um, over the years, how I was really strict when I first started, but over the years, white flour and sugar, oil and salt snuck into my diet. Okay. So when you say vegan, like when you first started, you were doing like a lot of raw foods, a lot of micronutrient-dense foods, a lot of heavy vegetable a lot of vegetables, um, cooked vegetables. I was eating about 60 to 70% raw okay. and 30 to 40% steamed or baked. Okay. But then, like you said, over the years, just maybe bread here a little bit. What uh, kind of, when you say the salt and the sugar and the oil, what kind of foods kind of snuck back into that vegan diet? Well, I developed some bad habits uh, about 10 years prior to the heart attack. Uh, there was a little opening in the door, and then the Uncle Eddie vegan cookie snuck in, which was really <laughs> high in fat. But it was vegan, but it was loaded in with uh, oil and uh, sugar, and that raised my glucose level. I was eating pasta. Being half Italian, I was eating pasta twice a week. White pasta? White pasta, unfortunately. And then some white bread did sneak into my diet in the form of uh, tortillas. But not really foods that we would imagine have like a huge, carry a huge health risk. I mean, it wasn't like you were going to McDonald's every day and loading up. I mean... Absolutely not. No, we're talking about a cookie that's labeled as vegan, that marketers might label as a healthy alternative to, say, a Chips Ahoy cookie or, a, or an Oreo, right? And then a little bit of white flour, whether it was a pasta or a bread. That's correct. However, when I did eat the Uncle Eddie's vegan cookies, I would not stop at one. I would eat maybe eight to 12 ounces of okay, them. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. All right. So then <clears throat> after the first heart attack... Um, that they, they misdiagnosed. You kept up with your exercise regime, is that right? That's correct. Okay. And did you pull any of the stuff that you had snuck back into the diet in, or did you pre- basically keep it the same? No, I bas- basically kept it the same because I figured, okay, it's a gastrointestinal problem. 
nothing to worry about, even though um, you know, I had a predisposition towards heart disease. My dad had several heart attacks and three open heart surgeries during his lifetime, but I was diagnosed by some of the best doctors in Las Vegas, so I figured I was good to go. Right. And throughout this whole journey of being vegan, being really active cardiovascularly, and we were talking earlier, you said your diet was probably 95% clean and it was vegan clean. That's it wasn't, correct. It wasn't even like there was animal product in it. Yet you still were carrying this 25 to 30 pounds around in the gut. Did you ever see any changes in that, like diminishing in size or even with the activity? No, no. none whatsoever. I was a very active person with that 25 to 30 pound momentum. Okay. All right. And so now let's go. So unfortunately, when did you have the second heart attack in relation to the first? Exactly one month later. Oh, okay. And, and how bad, on, like on a scale from one to 10, how bad was that second heart attack? That second heart attack was over a 10. That one almost killed me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, so now you have the second heart attack. You find out the first one was misdiagnosed. And was it at that time that you decided to just really change what you were eating in terms of getting yourself well and keeping yourself well? Absolutely. I started doing a lot of reading. I started educating myself on the benefits of, um, you know, a strong, healthy cardiovascular system. And then that's when I learned about the omentum and how it's dangerous for everybody, but especially males, because the you have that that fat right there, and it dumps right into the portal vein, which dumps right into the arteries. Absolutely. And that helped, that contributed to the atherosclerosis that I was suffering sure. from. Yeah. So now you were basically carrying all your extra fat around the abdomen, but even worse, in between the organs in the abdomen. Exactly. So, yeah. That creates high risk for not only heart attack, but type 2 diabetes, certain kinds of cancer, digestive problems. So once you started reading and finding out that you needed to change something. What kind of changes did you, I mean, how could you change any more of what you were doing? What did you change? Well, because I wasn't eating that much fat, except the fat that was in the uncle lady's cookies, I, I learned that I was cr creating fat in my um, cardiovascular system by digesting and assimilating all this sugar. Ah. And I didn't realize that the sugar I was eating would raise my LDL my low-density lipoproteins, which contributed to my atherosclerosis, yes. the white flour, yeah. the white pasta. And then plus I was eating a little bit of oil on my salad, maybe a little bit of olive oil. And uh, that has, if I remember correctly, like 120 grams of fat in a teaspoon. Yeah, so, I think so, or so, a tablespoon, something tablespoon. like that. Tablespoon, and so I cut that out completely. Mm -hmm. And then I also realized that my um, homocysteine and my methylmalonic acid were really high for being a vegan, so I was B12 deficient. So I started taking B12 supplements, and I was omega-3 deficient also. So I started eating more um, omega-3s. Okay. Which I'm assuming you were getting, what, from more like nuts and seeds and supplementation than you were from, say, the diet? That's Well, nuts and seeds, maybe. That's correct. But I was eating uh, – I loved cashews, so I was f more focused on cashews, but I started eating more um, all, uh, walnuts, pecans, and uh, pumpkin seeds, sesame seeds. Right. And um, that, that – Almost immediately, within a month, my homocysteine and my methylmalonic acid leveled out. My right. LDL levels dropped. So you're saying, based on research that you found and doctors that you talked to who are skilled in spotting nutritional problems and, and correcting them, that they noted that it was the sugar coming from your diet, one from the cookies, but mainly because our bodies take that white flour and convert it to sugar, that your body was actually creating body fat from sources that did not initially have body fat in them? Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's, that, was, my, that was the problem. 
that created my atherosclerosis. You bet. And by the way, um, when I discussed this with my cardiologist and my primary care physician, who are both allopathic MDs, this was all voodoo medicine to them. Right. I received all my information from uh, naturopaths and chiropractors. Right. So, and and this is a point that I also discovered in 2009. You know, we've been blaming fat for causing us fat for so long that we've allowed sugar and white flour and these refined carbohydrate sources to enter the diet in a really high rate. And what people don't understand is that not only are they highly addictive, eight times more addictive than cocaine, but you're a prime example of what the body actually does with a substance that enters the body as little or no fat, and the body actually creates body fat from it and stores it, and in your case, stored it in the most dangerous part of the body. That's exactly true, and it almost killed me, and um, I will not be touching a refined carbohydrates or any type of sugar So again. you're saying now you don't eat any refined carbohydrates? What do you eat? Oh, it, well... I know what you eat, but they don't. <laughs> they need to know what you eat. Salad is my main dish, and I only eat twice a day. And so I've created a, a super omega-3 um, smoothie, which includes different types of seeds and nuts. And um, so I usually have that with some oatmeal and some fresh fruit for lunch. I don't eat breakfast because I'm never hungry in the breakfast for breakfast, no matter how early I get up. And then my last meal of the day is dinner. And that's when I usually have a pound to a pound and a half of raw salad. And then I finish it off with steamed veggies. Wow. And what kind of salad dressing do you put on that salad? I don't put any salad dressing on it whatsoever. I usually uh, use uh, lemon juice. So you're sitting there eating a pound or a pound and a half of raw vegetables every night for dinner, and you're totally fine with that. Oh, yeah. But it's I have maybe about um, a dozen and a half to two dozen different types of uh, organic veggies. Each one is has its own flavor in there, so it's absolutely phenomenal. It's not commercially bought food where it has no taste whatsoever. Right. And so that sounds like it might be. So now this, and how long have you been doing this lifestyle? Uh since 2000, uh, January 2007. So you've been, <laughs> you've been doing it now for yeah, nine years. Yeah. Nine years. Now, in that nine years, I mean, this sounds like, it is, is it really inconvenient and hard to do to get around Vegas and eat like this? Oh, it, it's absolutely a piece of cake. And, a, and I, I don't even call it a diet. It's a lifestyle. The benefits of this lifestyle outweigh any type of um, uh, potential problems of finding where I could purchase food. I, I go to, I have maybe about a dozen restaurants in Las Vegas where I go to. They, they know me well. They produce... Uh, they create my food with no salt, oil, or added sugar. They steam my veggies. I always have a salad. And then uh, the other 50% of the time I eat at home. But you're eating out 50% of the time. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm so busy. I don't have time to uh, make m most of my salads now. Okay. So so most of the food, like you probably make the smoothie at home. Oh, yes. I right? make the smoothie at home. Of the other meal that you have, now you only eat twice a day, but that's just because you're not hungry. That's correct. Right? What about cravings? Like a lot of us suffer with cravings for these foods that have gotten into our bodies and, and cause this damage. Do you, do you crave those foods? I was addicted to sugar, specifically Uncle Eddie's cookies. They were absolutely fantastic. But it took about 25 consecutive days of not eating any of the cookies to completely eradicate the desire from my body. And so for nine years now, I've had no desire for sugar whatsoever. So no, it's a real piece of cake to follow this lifestyle. Right. And the benefits definitely outweigh the, um, well, there, there are no um, hindrances to this, to this diet. Right. I mean, I wake up every morning with a tremendous amount of energy and it's, uh, it's beneficial. And so a key thing that I think that you need, um, that you said that I think my listeners need to hear is that one, you completely abstained from sugar primarily, but basically sugar, flour, oils, and salt. Um, for 25 consecutive days. That's you did correct. not cheat. You did not deviate. And just so you know, that re, uh, that reduce phase of my program, that's about 30 days long. So isn't that a coincidence? Um, and that once you did that, 
your taste for it went away, your cravings for it went away. It wasn't like you had to force yourself to stay away from it. It was just simply something that wasn't in your life anymore. Oh, absolutely. It's autopilot. That, that's right, because what, what I had done over the years is that I perverted my taste buds to desire sugar, and then my body had this morbid addiction to sugar. And then once I didn't have it for 25 days, it was completely out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And I've never had a desire to go back. And now if I tried to eat something with sugar, refined sugar in it, it would probably be obnoxiously sweet. Now, in those 25 days, because I think this is something, um, this is one of the reasons why the total transformation system works so well on a metabolic level for my clients. In that 25 days that you stayed the course and you were strong and you were true, what happened to the amount of fat that you were carrying in your gut? How much did you lose in that, say, 25 to 30 days? Oh, gosh, the fat started melting off. I mean, I would have to say I lost all 25 pounds within... 30 to 45 days. 30 to 45 Oh, yeah, days. With, with no additional exercise whatsoever, and basically with no additional effort on my part. Right. Just pulling that sugar, that salt, and that oil, those damaging oils, but mainly that sugar and the refined carbohydrate out of that diet. Your body dropped almost a pound a day doing that. Absolutely. And then, and a, a, a good acronym is SOS. So whenever I go out to eat, I just order the food with no SOS, salt, oil, or added sugar. Beautiful. Beautiful. Sam, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story. I think it's really important. You're still my hero. <laughs> thank <laughs> you very you can, much. That you can eat the way you, you do. Um, so that's pretty much going to wrap it up for this episode. If you are enjoying this podcast and you've not left a rating or a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher, please take a moment to do so and let me know how much you enjoy the show. I would truly appreciate it. You can also drop me a message at info at drnash.com and be sure to check out my social media links on my website, drnash.com. You'll find more valuable and free information on my YouTube channel and Facebook and Instagram pages. You've been listening to Transformation Radio with chiropractic physician, Dr. Kathleen Nash. To begin your total transformation, visit drnash.com.